0: Uh, this wonderful October evening, I'm going to have a little. going to stress a little bit on the uh, prison ministry tonight. Time, time to time, it comes to me to offer up special prayer and thoughts for myself, and and uh, also to try to rep- pass that on to you of uh, Plaquemines Baptist Church. Certainly, that ministry, the native ministry, none of our ministries are going to go anywhere unless they're based in prayer. And so that's something that um, I'm going to elicit from you in the days, months ahead. I'm going to I'm going to read a little special something I wrote years ago uh, about about the prison ministry, and we'll see where that goes. And if you have your uh, handout, the impetus for this came. I picked this up off of the. Facebook, I think it was, and immediately I thought about how this could I could use this in the jail, and I did. I wrote a little outline um, and brought it. it received pretty well, I guess, uh, and I ended up uh, bringing it down in Nilchik. Then I'm going to bring it again. There are some very wonderful and vital truths contained in the commentary that we're going to be looking at this evening, and there's also this handout itself if you study it out and you look for ways there's as good opportunities there to use the principles there for uh, in your witness and your witnessing to other people i'm going to try to do that uh, the message i'm going to bring on sunday i'm going to i'm going to i brought that i wrote that with the mind also that you can use the the basic idea by it, behind it to be able to use it as a as an outreach to lost souls or people that are questioning and so we'll see where this goes everybody is pretty much familiar with with the occurrences that led up to jesus going to the cross calvary and we're not going to cover that but we're just going to look at the what happened the 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 dialogue between the three persons that were involved here and uh, We'll see what we can learn from that. Uh, <clears throat> let's start in Luke chapter 23, verse 39. You have the uh, scripture before you. It says, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. So that's key. Those two words are really key. The word, first word is, If thou be Christ, the Messiah. Well, he did not really believe that he was. Or he certainly had questions. But the other answered, answering rebuked him, saying, "'Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation?' I mean, we're, we're, we're guilty. "'And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, "'Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom.'" And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. <clears throat> Let's go to the Lord again in prayer and we'll continue. Wonderful Lord, we appeal to you this evening, the great God of heaven and earth and all it is to, uh, to reach down and to be with us in a special way. As we look to this portion of scripture, Lord, uh, when your son was offered up, on that cross, Calvary, for the forgiveness of our sin, the awesomeness of our own sin debt is is so great. Certainly, we should uh, regard it, and even more, we should regard the payment that was made. That for those who believe that that sin debt was paid in blood by the Son of God on that cross, we pray too for lost and the lost in the congregation tonight that they'd. Listen and and take in the truth that's being brought here. Lord, we all need to know and understand the vitality that's behind this. And Lord, uh, just bless the time, Holy Spirit, touching our hearts, I pray, in Christ's name, amen. So let's just define a couple terms here before we go on. Uh, Malfactors, it's simply a generic term for a wrongdoer, a criminal, somebody that's broken the law. But generally, those, these two men were on the cross, and they were paying justly for crimes. Jesus, of course, was not. Uh, crucifixion was generally was only for, uh, well, Roman citizens and so on. Romans, they could not be crucified because of such a, a horrid uh, way of execution. But certainly, they had no compunction about not crucifying Jews. And that hill of Golgotha, that Jesus was was crucified on, had seen probably hundreds and hundreds before that time, and maybe even hundreds and hundreds of more, until the time of uh, A.D. 70, when that, when Jerusalem fell and it came, uh, went out of uh, the Jews' hands. Paradise is simply Eden; it's the heavenly home of God and the saints and angels. Christ is the speaks of the Messiah the anointed one the one that God had especially raised up to make the payment for our sin and that word railed it's a we don't really get we don't really get the uh, the gist of some of these words in the older English when this was uh, the 1611 when those translators were using these words they had a somewhat um, larger sometimes uh, and different uh, meanings to that word. That word railed, <coughs> it comes from, it's, in the Greek, it's blasphemeo, from which we get our English word blasphemy. And we know that blasphemy is anything that's a reproach, irreverent, wicked words that are spoken or written against God. And so what this guy was, was spewing out all kinds of venom maybe you know to the soldiers or crucify him to his buddy maybe at the jesus whoever but he was he was you know well he was what he had to say was was wicked and wrong and so the first we're going to look at in the three crosses we're going to look at jesus and his work on the cross you'll note there at the bottom of the cross it says jesus the hope of the world Certainly we're talking about the matter of spiritual life and union with God. And the Jews had been looking for the the Savior for centuries. And when John, in John chapter 1, verse 29, when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming to him, uh, he said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And, And so in that, for Jewish people, if they had any knowledge of this of the scripture that that had been entrusted to them for these centuries they would know the lambs that they offered up on sacrifice days on the days of atonement the passover and so on all the shedding of that blood was was meant to atone for the people's sin that there would be a covering for the sin debt of the nation and, and the individuals this was not an automatic thing. Don't think that just by the shedding of blood in those bulls that people are automatically saved. But what it did was it pictured what the Messiah would do when he came in real time yes. in dying and shedding his blood for their mission, the payment of sin. In Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, the Bible says, it starts out, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect. And the acknowledging of the truth, which is, is, is after godliness, in hope now, in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. And so what Paul was pointing to now was the fulfillment of all the prophecy from Genesis through uh, the end of the Malachi was now was set to be fulfilled regarding the Messiah here on the cross of Calvary. And Paul knew that that the the great hope that the world has for the matter of life and union with God with salvation is founded in the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and him only. The term hope is, is, uh, again, in an expanded form, and the intent which God meant it, and in which the King James translator used that Greek word, It meant complete confidence in a future event. It meant the highest degree of well-founded expectation of good. And so what it's talking about is it's not just a a wish, hope, so wannabe for the individual that's put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Their hope has found a resting place. The promises of God that they are holding up as their hope for their salvation for the promise of their heavenly home is founded it's a done deal it's a sure thing the promises of God as it says it cannot lie and God doesn't make any mistakes when He pro- makes a promise he will fulfill it and so this hope is it's greater than just the world's hope you know my Minnesota Twins were playing in the playoffs and today they had to win or they were going to get kicked out of the, the playoffs. And I was just hoping that they'd come, come through a good enough game to win. Well, they didn't. But, you know, it, but it's a trivial thing. But I'm saying that was, there was a vagary there. It wasn't, it wasn't up to me. It wasn't up to the Twins. It was from the Astros and circumstances that, you know, that led to the outcome. We know the outcome for the believer. He has a promise of a heavenly home, paradise. That was what was promised to that man that, that was looking for that blessed hope, the true hope, the wish that he could put his, the foundation for his, his spiritual life upon the rock of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he, as God the Father hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And in Colossians 1.5, I just have to touch on that one verse before we go on. Again, it talks about this hope. Hope for something that's greater than you and I can see, but something that you, that you and I can possess as a gift of God. The sure knowledge of where this soul and spirit, the essence of what you and I are. You need to get, that, get through that in your head, some of you young people. The consciousness which you now experience is going to exist in one of two places when you exit this world. Heaven, if you've come to the cross and you have him as your hope for eternal life, or it'll be for hell if it's your hope is not founded on the rock of Christ as that other man was that railed against Christ. He's paying for his sin debt. He's been paying for his sin debt for 2,000 years, and that's just the start. Because eternity is forever and ever and ever. That's why it's of great importance that you understand where your spiritual position is before God right now. What do you have for for where you're going to go? What hope do you have when you leave this world? We had one of our own from our church families that was in an incident that his life could have been required of him. Two men that he was with was. They didn't expect when they got up that day that they were gonna die and and go before God for judgment. I don't know what happened, you know, their spiritual position, but I know they died not expecting it. And you can't expect that you have tomorrow. Accident, injury, disease can take a life in a moment or a heartbeat. Colossians 1.5 says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. And that's why it's of so importance. And again, you young people sitting in those Sunday school classes, you better start paying attention there's going to come a time when, you're, when it's going to be drawn in the line of eternity where you're going to go. You need to get stored up in your mind, in the heart, the truths of this book. Get serious about it. That's for young and old. You can't know too much of this book, and you can never trust it too much. Everything that God wants you and I to know for now and eternity is found within the pages of this book. As it says, John 5.39, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Search means you get after it, like the hunter after the game, like the soldier out on the battlefield looking for the enemy to take him out. Diligence, work, is what I put before you and what God expects from you if you're going to be found to be a faithful citizen of his kingdom. 1 Peter 2.24, it says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that's the cross, being dead to sins. That means that when when we trust Christ and your saviors, we die and we're separated from our sins, the sin debt forever. That we should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you are healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned to the sheep and bishop the shepherd and bishop of your souls. And so our great hope, the believer's hope, is founded on the promises of God and founded in the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that first cross is the cross of hope. If you've come to Christ and know him as your savior, if you've accepted the gospel message, if you've repented and believed, you can have that as a gift of everlasting life. But the cross of no hope. Now look at that other fellow that's, that's hanging on the cross there. It talks about there, that on the top it says, sin is on him and in him. The sin debt he bore, uh, he never got rid of it. He carried it with him uh, forever. The outside, the physical self, doesn't change that salvation that we're going to see but what had happened he'd been the he had the, the the man that had a good hope he'd been washed spiritually inside and changed and born again this other man the sin debt he was inside and out body soul and spirit he was still under control of his sin and so he did not have that hope and he was having no hope with all God. There's a, we're gonna be looking at a lot of scripture from the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter two has as much to say any, about this subject as any book in the Bible, I believe. Romans, or Ephesians two, verses 11 through 12, it says, wherefore remember that ye being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh were called uncircumcision. That's all non-Jews. Uh, by that which is called circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of God, having no hope without God in the world. That term uh, without God is a theos in the Greek, meaning a means a and theos means God. They didn't have God in their life. They were aliens. They, they were walking around in, the, in that country, in that area on the, land, on the land surface, but they're not a part of God's kingdom, the spiritual kingdom. That's where every lost person is right now. Do you understand that? Living, breathing people walking around in this world but have no part in God's kingdom. They have, God has no, will never call you a true son until you've been to him for the forgiveness of sin. You do not want to be as this man that is going to carry that sin debt. The moment in time that that soul and spirit of that lost person uh, leaves the body, it goes straight to hell. And will stay there until until it's finally emptied into the lake of fire in times to come. Think on that. The Bible says in Ephesians 2-3 that those people are children of wrath. God's wrath is him acting out his punishment. God is angry with sin every day. And he must judge righteous judgment. He loves every individual. He loves the world's people. But he hates sin and he cannot abide it in his presence. That's why it's neat to get serious about the matter of your sin debt. Let God deal with it. Because if you don't deal with it yourself and accept Christ's sacrifice what he did on that tree you going to pay for it yourself because the wages of sin we know is death separation from god in revelation 21 verse 8 it says "But the fearful that's those that are you know not sure they're holding back you know the unbelieving to, un- to not believe is a choice understand that yeah. and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. Now, whoremongers and sorcerers talk about, about sexual sin and sorcerers about, about um, well, it comes to the word there is from pharmakia. It talks about, uh, we use it in the pharmacy, about pharmaceuticals and drugs. So it says these people, maybe they're under the the control of drugs, or they've given up their control to something other than God. It says, they shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. This man rejected Christ, and to the end he only sought refuge from the pain of crucifixion. He said, get us off the cross. If he would have, he would have went his own way. And he was ushered into hell when he died, a place of eternal torment, because he hadn't made that choice. He'd heard. You understand that? He'd heard. If you're the Messiah, he'd heard all about it. I doubt that there was very many people in that whole nation of Israel, north, south, east, and west, that hadn't heard for three and a half years Jesus had been preaching. The preaching that that stuck in men's ears that was causing him to to have the Pharisees, Sadducees and so on, the religious leaders in in Israel set their heart to kill him because he was bringing the truth and they hated the truth. It's important, you know, and understand it's like the, 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 the two sides of a coin. You're either in God's heavenly family or you're not. For those that don't know him, again, there will be no refuge. There will be no place they can go to hide from God when the matter of judgment comes. Well, let's look at this other man on the right-hand side. They're looking for that blessed hope. The sin was in him, sin in him, but not on him. The burden of his sin had been taken away. He was a blood-washed saint. And what what he went through on the cross of Calvary blows everything aside about what most religious orders, religions today teach. They teach that salvation comes through works. Do this, do that, do this, do that. Be a good guy, put your money in the plate, and then you'll be right with God, which is diametrically opposed to what the truth is. Salvation comes by grace through faith. And faith alone and we're gonna look at that on uh, on Sunday afternoon we're gonna look about what true religion really is it's is important to understand because there's lots of religion in this world and every individual every individual now listen has made their own belief system for their justification before God and man That's what we do. Young or old is what we do. If you've said no to, to Christ already, that means that you're believing something else. The unbelieving shall find their part in the lake of fire, but burneth with fire and brimstone. But this man, he was different. He was looking for that blessed hope, that sure hope. He didn't have a chance to do anything but repent and believe and fight for breath until, until they broke his legs and then he died. But when he died, Jesus said, you're going to be with me in heaven today. Jesus, They knew that Jesus was going to die. He knew he was going to die that day. And he knew that man was going to die that day. And they would be together in heaven. What an awesome thing. When that man got home to heaven and there the Son of God was to greet him, I believe without a doubt that it was true. Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 3, and, and Paul was preaching here now to church, at, at the church at Ephesus, and it says, and you hath he quickened, given life to, who were, past, past tense, dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that's, that's Satan. You see, again, there's only two federal heads of families in this existence. God's God's family and Satan's family. We're all naturally born into Satan's family without God. That's why we need to be born again. He says, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. If you've said no, if you've said no to God one time, that's disobedience before God. He was going to hold you accountable for that. He says among whom also we all had our conversation in our lifestyle and in the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others he said we were all like this we all were following Satan We were all living for the flesh all our life up until that day that we were saved you see that that's what that that change takes place in a moment in time when you fan that seed of faith that's in you that God has put there, that you not deny it, but that you would, you would accept it and believe on it. Again, Ephesians 2.13, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. He says further in verse 19, now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Again, being born into God's forever family. You know, you're not just walking around in the world. The the, the physical condition stays the same. But when you're born again, and you become a part of God's spiritual kingdom, then you've got something to hang on to. The hope that you have then, for now and eternity, is founded on scripture, and it's founded on the promises of God. We know Ephesians 2:8 and 9, where by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, that any man should boast. Again, that's the thing you know. We try to say, "Well, I'm a good guy. I'm a good person." No, God says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The standard that He has set for righteousness with with Him is holiness. He says, "Be ye holy as I am holy." And he set a a standard that we cannot possibly achieve. And when you finally understand that, when you understand that that you're condemned already because you haven't believed in the name of Christ, then you have in a position to do something about it. it. A person can't get lost, saved, until they first understand they're lost. That without God, you have no hope. This man on the cross to Jesus, he manned up before him. He said, we're guilty for what we have done. And when he turned to Jesus and he said, we receive our due reward for our deeds, but this man hath done nothing. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. He called him Lord. He knew this in this moment in time, he knew who Jesus was. He knew that that what he had heard about Jesus Christ, the teaching and preaching that he'd heard, maybe even personally, was true. That he came into the world to save sinners, and he confessed that sin, and he was born into God's family. He was saved by God's grace, and you can be too if you're willing to confess your sin to God and believe upon him for the forgiveness of sin. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, a man ought to hope within the bounds of reason and the promises of the good old book. Hope leans on the anchor, that's Christ, but an anchor must have something to hold on to, and that is God and his word. And so I hold you up to you this evening I want you to take this sheet. I want you to hold it up in front of you. Every one of you. If you haven't got one, get one. Anybody need one? Hold up your hand if you need one. You had them all out? Okay, then get with somebody that's got one. So you can look on this. Because I'm going to challenge you about something here. I'm not, I'm not fooling around. I'm not kidding around with you. This is serious stuff. I'm gonna ask you a question which one of those men on the cross the one that had the blessed hope or the one without that has no hope which one do you identify with and why which one do you identify with the one that died and went to hell was headed to hell or the one that knew God as his Savior was headed to heaven you better get serious about this matter of your spiritual destiny the Bible says behold now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation if you haven't made the choice to believe on Christ as your Savior you better get it done I know not how the Holy Spirit might work on you tomorrow the next day or forever and I don't know if you have even have tomorrow or the next day or the next hour. Your hope needs to be founded on the promises of God that he will, he will forgive the sin-sick saint and bear him into his forever family. Think on it. Make the choice if you haven't. Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's pray. Father, I pray that the, this short little message would find lodgments in all hearts, especially those of the lost. Lord, uh, without you, there is no hope to be found in this life or in the next I pray that you would work to uh, to show yourself strong in, in the lives of the lost and putting that burden upon their uh, upon their heart and mind and soul and being that they would understand that the, the seriousness of sin that God sent his son into the world to make the payment for that sin I pray that there would, if anybody in this moment in time is wavering and has questions, we can, get, we can get with you after the service or get with somebody close to you and we'll share with you the truth that you might be set free. In Christ's name I pray, amen.